Hello and welcome to this uh, Minnesota Wild pocket. What? Well, no, I got my Minnesota Wild hat on for the game tonight. It's actually a Vikings Territory Breakdown podcast with uh, Mark Craig from the Star Tribune and myself, Joe Overly from VikingsTerritory.com and PurplePTSD.com. But, uh, you know, it's the kind of one of those dead areas in the schedule of the, 30, the 365 day of year schedule the nfl so there's not much to talk about so i got my wild hat on mark they're playing the st louis Blues. is it uh, is that orange yes uh, this state this state needs a lot more orange joe i appreciate you bringing some orange to this state wait, wait well, is that, that doesn't say browns no uh, no it says it says the wild and and this says mankato brewery so it just i thought i thought maybe you lost your sponsorships there no no it's got you know, got to pump it up for the wild tonight because they got to win this one big game and they can take that serious. But anyway, <clears throat> we're not going to talk about that. We're going to talk about all exciting news happening out at TCO Performance Center with the Vikings. And uh, first thing on the agenda will just rivet everybody, even more so. They'll be more excited than than the news about uh, the wild and the Mankato Brewery. The Vikings signed a kicker, Gabe uh, B R K I C. Bert Burkett, I couldn't even say, but the man needs to buy a vowel just like Herbeck needed to. And it sounds like they're bringing in some kick, some competition for their play t- kicker, Greg Joseph. And just wanted to ask you, Mark, uh, um, is that a good idea, or is that just more more of the Zimmer mentality to to make that kicker nervous and uh, make him screw up all season? Uh, uh, you, you want the honest? It's not gonna it's not gonna make your podcast better, Joe. But it's, I think it's a camp leg. They got the rookies coming in, you know. Uh, you need two kickers in camp. You don't, you know, you don't just run the same kicker through all the drills and everything. So, um, yeah, it, it obviously doesn't. I think he had a pretty good college career as well. Um, but I don't, I don't see it as competition, uh, you know. So, uh, man, I'd, I'd like to say that there was a heated competition to kicker, uh, but I, did, I believe it's a camp leg, Joe. And this, but this man, you know, he, he could uh, maybe have a future in the NFL. You never know. You end up. I mean, look at Greg Joseph. I mean, the guy was up with six teams like in four years. Um, did miss the uh, that uh, that kick uh, at Arizona, but otherwise, I think he proved himself to be pretty uh, a pretty reliable guy. With all he was like seven of nine from fifty yards. Had the the uh, the game winner. It was fifty plus against Detroit. Had the fifty some yarder in Cincinnati that sent that game into overtime. But oh, uh, as far as the NFL schedule, Joe, this is not a downtime. This is. This is the, 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 a slow release to the schedule because That's you know, they're going to they're gonna do on Thursday. They, they've already told us they announced about a month ago that they were going to announce this on Thursday. But each each network that pays the bazillion dollars to, to you know to show games, I think yesterday was ESPN and ABC. They got to announce some of their games. So the Vikings are playing at Philly. Wait, wait, and I wait. Reckon, I, we're not. Yeah, we're, so. we're going to get to that later. I mean, we're building. We're crescendoing. We're, we're, okay, I, but but to say that the NFL is taking a day off, Joe? No, if they don't take days off, Joe. Please get your caffeine. Come on, start talking about the schedule, Joe. That's that's the NFL. That's their mentality. It's it's a downtime for me, actually. You know, there's, I, you know, when I used to do this podcast with Joe Johnson, who who started uh, VikingsTerritory.com and. Uh, purpleptsd.com is no longer with us, God rest his soul. But uh, 
he loved doing a podcast about the schedule and my goodness, you know, he just, he, he wanted to, to talk about it and do all the prognosticating for all the, the games that were coming up. And I'm just going, God, just get me to, get me to uh, September so we can start watching him and talk about him. But anyway, we'll talk about that in the, in the next segment. But uh, I just wanted to ask you a little bit more about special teams. I mean, special teams was really kind of weird during the Zimmer era, wouldn't you say? I mean, it, it, it was sometimes, I mean, it, late in his, his tenure, it got really good again, but there was a, there was a period in there where kickers were flying in and out of here and, and none of them ever felt comfortable. And sometimes the special teams coverages were down. And, you know, I, I guess what it did for me during this period was just make me really realize how important special teams are. They are, they're a huge part of the game. And even though, for when I was growing up, there there were time to go uh, get another beer or, or uh, go get something out of the fridge. But uh, special teams are pretty crucial, and I don't know if Zimmer Zimmer quite uh, quite enjoyed having having to have special teams on his team. So 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 wait a minute. So a native Minnesotan is telling me that the kicker is important in the NFL. <laughs> Isn't that you guys are born with that? Aren't you guys? Don't don't they hand you like a missed field goal in, in your crib? In Maslin, Ohio, every baby, every baby boy that was born in Maslin, Ohio, maybe it's every every baby now, but uh, they would put a an orange Tigers football in their crib. I think with in Minnesota, don't you get like a don't, aren't you like born with a, some scar tissue when it comes to kickers and stuff like that? So it goes beyond Zimmer. But the, a good story uh, uh, was talking to Zimmer about uh, he they were doing uh, uh, for um, uh, Cincinnati coach. Longtime Cincinnati coach. I'm drawing a blank on his name, but uh, he, you know, Marvin uh, Lewis. Yeah, uh, Marvin Lewis was one of a really good regular season coach. Went 0 and 8 in the in the playoffs. Never won a playoff game. So he's being he's being roasted in, in Cincinnati. Zimmer's already the head coach here. So they go back. Zimmer admits he has a little bit of red wine in him. He gets up there and he starts roasting uh, Marvin Lewis for not winning a playoff game. And then at the end, he kind of zinged himself. He said. You know, I used, I used to always ask Marvin, you know, Marvin, come on. You, you've had eight tries. You can't win a playoff game. You know, what's the deal? He goes, and then my kicker missed missed the 26-yard field goal or 27 yards, whatever. Whatever Blair Walsh, I yep. should know this off. Uh, that's how you can miss, uh, how you can blow a playoff game is when, you're, when your kicker, it's 100 degrees below zero, you're playing outside, and uh, your kicker uh, duck hooks uh, a 27-yard uh, attempt. Uh, and you lose ten to nine. So, uh, yeah, Zimmer uh, had his his issues with kickers, obviously. Then um, uh, they drafted one, and he the guy lasts literally two weeks and is cut and becomes one of the best kickers in the league later on. I still say that uh, if they had kept him or that guy around, he doesn't do that in Minnesota because looking into his eyes after he missed three or three field goals in Green Bay that week, there was nobody. There was no Vikings fans. There was no Vikings person who covers the team, no coach, no player, nobody in anywhere that wanted to keep that guy beyond when they got home and cut him. So uh, there, there was no trust left in him. But yeah, Zimmer said his uh, his share. Ironically, you know, I think he had a pretty good kicker last year. Like they, believe it or not, they're not perfect. I mean, they're almost judged on if you're not 100. percent There's something wrong with them, but. Realistically, that guy had a had a really good year. He made some really big kicks, and that's the year Zimmer gets fired. They also found themselves a kick returner that's going to be 
You know, he had two touchdowns and 18 attempts as a rookie. And the guy, he's one of the fastest guys in the league. You know, I would expect that this guy is going to be, uh, you know, only get better uh, early in his career kit, returning kicks. Yeah. You know, you're talking about Daniel Carlson. I remember being out at, uh, at TCO when he first arrived and being in a media scrum out there with him. And God, he looked like he was a babe in the woods, you know, just, you know, like he was about 14 years old and he, he came off a pretty good uh, college season and was he a fifth or sixth rounder? Fifth, somewhere fifth, fifth rounder, fifth rounder. Yeah. And everybody was asking him about uh, his confidence and he just came right out and says, I'm a very confident kid. That's what, that's my big, big thing. And I said, okay, okay. I mean, he didn't look like it because he was looked so young and I felt so bad for him that after that, that, that horrendous uh, missed three field goals against the Packers in Lambeau when they had, you know, he had two chances to beat him and he, he didn't get it done. And, and uh, man, oh man, you know, it, I, I've always watched him out in, in uh, with the Raiders and just kind of said, what could have been, you know, you knew it, you knew, I, I think he needed to get out away from Zimmer. I think he needed to get out of this pressure. The Vikings were a team that was looking to go to the playoffs that year. So there's a lot of pressure to bring in a rookie kicker because you're going to win and lose games. And that, especially the, the way uh, throughout the Zimmer area, he, he played, you know, the grinded out defense or grinded out offense and keep the defense, you know, off the field and blah, blah, blah. So you're going to get those low scoring games. So it so, was, uh, it was, it was, it was almost preordained that this kid was going to be good after, after. Yeah, well, well, that's following Minnesota history. I would, I would assume, you know, uh, you talk about players looking like uh, babes in the woods and young and all this stuff. That's the first group that starts looking that way. And then the head coaches start looking that way to you. And then the general managers start looking that way to you. Joe. They all look like they're, they're, they're 14 years old. Quasey looks like he's 20. Uh, O'Connell looks like he's the teenager. Uh, the players, I mean, the players are now born in early 2000s or, or whatever. So, yeah, it's a, it's a totally different uh, viewpoint of the league. You, you, you've, you've seen it evolve. You're now we're seeing, you know, you're not, uh, the, the, the Ditkas are long gone. Now the Mike Zimmers are going to be long gone. We'll see if, if this is, this is what everyone wanted. They wanted a, an offensive approach to this, um, the restart, the, uh, how however, however many restarts to Kirk Cousins' career as far as we're going to make this guy a winning quarterback. It's all there. This is the style that people have clamored for. We'll see how it does. We'll see how it goes. I heard that they're going to have a sock hop before the opening of the season, just, to, you know, out, out at TCO, just to have have a nice, you know, dance out there for the kids to oh. kick up their heels before the season. Yeah, the, the sock hop. Does anyone know what it's <laughs> no, yeah, I think that's even that's even beyond my uh, my time. But uh, another yeah, good another right. good another good story was uh, uh, they had they had to, uh, to do a kind of a film review, off the record film review uh, of the players that they that they took, and O'Connell and Quasey, and they had uh, you know Ryan Grigson in there and uh, all the scouts and everything, and, and showed us different clips of why they like different guys and um, and. One thing came up was uh, Grigson is a, he's a he's a big guy he's an offensive uh, specialty he kind of has a certain eye for offensive linemen which uh, a Minnesotan should certainly hope that he has an eye for a guard somewhere along the line here but he was he has a, a term that uh, Quasey mentioned uh, if a big guy has good feet he said he's got Fred Astaire feet 
And then Kwesi joked that he said, we've got to come up with a different term because Kevin O'Connell didn't know who Fred Astaire was. <laughs> and so then, so then Kwesi was going around because this is a newer, friendlier, they're, they're kinder, they're gentler, Joe. They're going around the room asking for people like, who's a modern dancer that with good feet that we could use for our young head coach. And I, and I just said, I joked, I said, I said, I think you should tell your head coach to Google Fred Astaire or YouTube him or whatever. Uh, and just, I mean, Fred Astaire, I don't know when Fred Astaire passed away, but you know, I, I know I wasn't in the, the wheelhouse of Fred Astaire years, but I think some, there has to be some ownership of like, when you're born, you have to like know that life existed before you were born. I think that's a, that's a, that's a millennial or whatever, whoever came after the millennials now, they don't quite understand that the, that, Creation didn't, didn't start start till, start till social just, media started. Mark. Yeah, so you know, expand your horizons. Put down your phone, and, or actually pick up your phone and, and and Google Fred Astaire. Fred and Ginger, yeah. They, uh, my wife is a, a lover of dance, and so she indoctrinated me on all the Fred and Ginger movies back when we were first dating. And you know, probably looking over at me and wishing I could dance like Fred. Well, I, I didn't have any question that you would that you wouldn't know who Fred Astaire. Thank you, Mark. Okay. I appreciate that. And with that, with that age shot, which he keeps putting in here, when, whenever we can slide him in, even though I think fans would be shocked, fans, our, our listeners would be shocked to know just how much younger you are than I. So we'll uh, save that for a later. Wow, day. yeah, that's a shot. That's right. Um, so. We'll take a quick break because I, I need a rest. I'm old, apparently. So I'll, I'll take, take a quick break, and we'll be right back with more with Mark Craig and Vikings Territory Break. All right, welcome back to Vikings Territory Breakdown podcast with Mark Craig from the Star Tribune. Uh, Mark, you know, I'm going to insist again it's still a slow period in the NFL because I've been scraping the barrel for, for stuff to go on. I know that schedule's coming. We're going to get pumped up to talk about that schedule because that's a big deal, and we'll do that in our next segment but right now i wanted to talk about something i saw online yesterday uh where uh, mike sando uh my, at mike sando nfl wrote a story about talking to gms about <clears throat> they were trying to get a handle on what they thought uh quasi footprint was after his first draft what his track record is what what you know just to try to get a read on him for future and what he's going to do and and you know they uh, some of them called into question the the uh, trade with Detroit, and uh, uh, some are saying that you know he uh, at least one guy says you know I mean he's a he's an analytics guy and he, he's going to do that so you you look at him and you think oh he's gonna he's gonna want to trade down so he goes I I think I should what does he say here maybe our first offer will always be lower because we know it's Quasi and he'll want to trade down, you know, but you know, there, there were some of them were complaining that he didn't get market value for that trade with the, uh, uh, with the lions, even though uh, another guy said, well, the, the players rated from 12 to 66 were closer together in ability than those top guys. So he probably equated that way and, and stockpiled draft picks, which is something I was saying on this podcast last week when we went back and forth, but uh, you know, I, I thought it was interesting, you know, that, you know, just like you as a media guy, want to know you were saying for a couple you know weeks preceding what's, what's Quasi going to be like, what's he going to, his draft going to be like, these other guys are looking for the same thing so they can get an edge in, in future, future drafts and trading with them. Any thoughts on that? 
Well, I, I would certainly hope that whoever that quote was, by the way, Mike Sando's great. So it, it's a credible uh, story. Uh, I, I believe that the guy said it. Um, I would, I would certainly hope that someone in that position would low ball, you know, start out with a low offer to begin with. You don't start off with what you're actually going to give. I think, and, and this is what Unless we said. On the clock. What's that? Unless you're, you're, you're hampered by the clocks running out. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you, I don't know what the, what the, the being hampered and everything was, but initially my first instinct, as we talked about at length last week was they didn't get enough. And then you start looking at all the charts. Okay. These are charts that, that are established to kind of give you a guide based on history and so forth. People will say, Oh, they're 30 years ago. They're this, they're that, but it's at least a guide. My, my eyeball, the first, first instinct was that that's just not enough to get out of the top 12. I, I, I'm not buying it. I mean, Quasi might be right, but I'm not, I personally am not buying it. You know, so I agree with the fact that, uh, that, Right now, it looks like, hey, you can lowball the guy. Now, you know, a lot has, there's a lot of more water that has to go under the bridge here before right. we get a, a feel for um, A, whether he's right or not, or B, if he gets burned and he finds out that it was, or he, he gets a sense in his review of, it, of, his, if of, of himself that he gave up, he didn't, he didn't get enough in return. I would imagine he'll be a little more reluctant to, to make a trade where he doesn't get as much again, you know, but if, if he, if he got an all pro in, in the, uh, if he got an all pro safety at 32 and um, you know, uh, two trades produced what four players or what, whatever it was, whatever his haul mm -hmm. was, if he's happy with it then he might do it again, it's, it's all kind of depends. And the problem, problem is that that may take three years, three, four years to unfold. So we won't really know. I hope, hope he has three or four years after after the grief he got. You know, I mean, it, it comes down to, too, is some of these metrics or, or uh, ways that people judge the draft or saying the Jimmy Johnson thing and or draft judging trades, you know, and blah, blah, blah. You know, it's, it's all speculative. It's not an exact science. So anybody can apply to it whatever they want because, like, like you said, some guy said, well, you know, he said maybe Trent McDuffie wasn't a, a number 12 pick. So why, why would you take him? Why wouldn't you try to get more out of him and then go down there and, you know, if there's someone else between 12 and 32 that you think you can <clears throat> do just as well and get your hands on. I, I I'm all for that. I guess yeah, I, I, I think I did, but I, my, my feeling if that's the, if my answer to that would be, then you just didn't do I have a hard, hard, hard time believing that, that 12, that there's a 12, all the way to 32 was evenly ranked that just take one and they're the same as the others. So to me, that then brings into play, you better be the, you know, take the best player available. That, that's what they tell us all the time, but so rarely do they actually do that. You know, if, if you're standing at 12 and the best player, the, the, cause there's some people that have said that the Vikings may have taken, if they stayed at 12 and they, they, they that, that if forced to like, um, like they had no no trade options whatsoever, then they would have taken Williams at at, at twelve. I don't know that I believe that, yeah. but to me, you, you better be prepared if you're if there's not a trade available that you take a player that would be better than thirty two. Now they did get something. I just don't think they got enough. And also, I think that you know, knowing Detroit, you know, something will happen. They they probably screwed it up. It's Detroit's track record. You know, multiple organ you know regimes. They kind of screw things up. Uh, but 
it made it easier for them to take a to take a, a leap up 20 spaces and only give up what they gave up. I, I'm yeah. sorry, but it's like they made Quasi made that an easy, easier, or much easier move to go up that far and get uh, that guy. Now, uh, the Falcons did that with the Browns to get Julio Jones, but that, you know, granted that was number five or six. They got a heck of a lot more. Plus they got a one the following year. The Browns did Browns probably I think they screwed up all the picks uh, involved with the Julio Jones trade, but you know, that was a big, big risk for them to go from where they were like 24. I think they went up to five or six, you know, granted it's not 12, but I still think bottom line, they should have got more for giving up the 12th pick in the draft. And I'm not going to argue that. I'm just saying, I think uh, you also got to factor in need. The Vikings did not need Jamison Williams there. They did not need him at 12. So if he's a 10 at that position, if he's, if you rank him as a 10 on a scale of one to 10 at number 12, and you rank guys from 12 to 34 as nines and eights, let's say, you know, wouldn't it be better to pass on a 10 that you don't need and get a, a nine and maybe an eight or something like that. Uh, and we're kind of back to that. What we talked about last week, it's like, granted, it's not a glaring need, but uh, the Vikings were pretty good when they, when they were three receivers deep, <laughs> you know, Carter, uh, Moss and Reed. Uh, yeah. You had another first round pick into that considering the, how the market has changed on receivers considering that Adam Thielen is 31 years old, considering that uh, Justin Jefferson is going to cost you 30 some million dollars a year in, in a couple of years, history may, history may not remember it the same way we're, we're looking at it right now that they didn't need that guy. Yeah. Uh, now, granted, I mean, you could now, and in 2005, uh, I, I, where they were drafting, I forget where they were. Oh, they drafted that was Troy Williamson. Now you could say they did not need a quarterback, right? Uh, but if you go back in time and you said, okay, if you knew hindsight, uh, Aaron Rodgers is sitting there. You passed on Aaron Rodgers twice. And then Dante Culpepper, six games later, blows out his knee and is never the same player, never plays yeah, another you, you don't down. Know that. You can't. No, I'm, just saying, I'm just saying you don't know that stuff. But if, if Jamison Williams ends up being this elite speed guy that blows the top off, changes – you know how teams are are, are playing, and uh, is that type of player? There, there will be people who remember. Hey, you know, my goodness, you could have had three receivers. Uh, you could have had this is uh, Adam Thielen's, you know, successor. This is the guy that you have. If Justin can't afford Justin Jefferson, just say there's a lot there. It's yeah, not there is. If you're if you're get thinking you're you're done with with Thielen in a year, maybe a year or two, or you can't renegotiate his contract again next year, then then that's the, maybe the pick to make. But you know the the bigger need was defense, and so I, I'm I'm glad they got a defender in the in the first round, and you know I wish they had you know they, they got a couple more down the road, but we'll see. We'll argue, we'll be arguing about this forever. Um, I. Uh, have another draft question for you that uh, could probably get us going as well. Uh, the Vikings, you know, uh, coming in conventional wisdom was they, they uh, should have uh, taken a quarterback cause they don't, you know, certainly Zimmer didn't see much in Kellen Mond and, and uh, Kirk is expensive as hell. And, and uh, uh, tre- uh, who's uh, the 
Who's the backup? I can't even think of him. Sean Mannion is not Sean Mannion. the guy of the future. Uh, you know, they, they didn't take one. Was there I, I, any thoughts on that? Should they have? We, we never did discuss that. I mean, everybody thought that they were going to do that with their their 34th pick that they got from Detroit on, on day two. You know, I hope many of the fans are hoping that uh, Tampa Bay would not take a quarterback there to back up, you know, to be the future guy after uh, Tom Brady. But uh, – uh, and, and Malik Willis was sitting there, but they didn't pick him. In fact, he he dropped to the third round. It was uh, – did the Vikings uh, miss an opportunity there, or now do we have to start telling ourselves that Kellen Mond is better than uh, – than what uh, Mike Zimmer saw in practice. Well, yeah, I think I think Mike Zimmer's take on quarterbacks is uh, probably something we should put <laughs> on the shelf because that's that's over. Uh, that's one reason people are excited because I think you know even the people that like Zimmer are probably like, hey, you know, it's kind of be refreshing to see a new take on uh, on the offense on the quarterback and, and that whole, um, you know. To me, I, I think we said this going into the end of the draft was we'll find out what, uh, you know, Connell and Quasey, like a lot of people, like a lot of people in their positions, they'll say all the, you know, they'll say they like Mond or they say they like Garrett Bradbury. They, they'll say all the right things whenever it's a group and it, they're on the record and you know, it, just because that's, that's what they do. Um, but to me, when they didn't take a quarterback in those mid rounds, that told me that O'Connell sees something in Mond. Because Mond wasn't developed last year, he didn't play. Uh, the our only peak at him was in the preseason when he looked like he was five steps slower than everyone that was around him. Um, but it tells me that I, I almost look at Kellen Mond as O'Connell's mid-round draft pick because you know he didn't belong. He didn't belong to Zimmer. You know, for uh, for Zimmer to take a look, like be asked, are you going to take a look at? Kellen Mond in the final game of the season in a, in a year or a night where, you know, that was the kill shot, you know, Kirk cousins, ironically, you know, the, the COVID thing that Zimmer was arguing about with publicly with cousins in the preseason in the summer end up being the kill shot for Zimmer. So, so <laughs> cousins wins in part because he gets COVID and misses that key game that eliminates them from the playoffs. And then, you know, so Zimmer had no Zimmer needed to win, and ultimately Spielman too needed to win last year. They weren't developing quarterbacks. Well, right now it's a totally different situation. Quasey, O'Connell, these guys don't, and Wes Phillips, the offensive coordinator, these guys don't need to win. I mean, it, it, it helps you know to, to build a good track record at the start, but they're not going to get fired this year. So they're developing. They're not only uh, you know the competitive rebuild, as you say, as they say. They're, they're working, they, they're focused on this year, but they're also working toward the future. And uh, Kellen Mond, it tells me by them not drafting a, a guy in the second, third round, uh, fourth round, whatever, that that is their rookie quarterback, basically, because last year was basically a wash for that kid. I saw a tweet this morning before we came on, and I can't remember who it's from, but someone was speculating that uh, – if Kellen Mond was in this draft in 2022, that he would have been the first quarterback taken off the board. And, uh, now, I don't know, but I mean, who, who knows? I, you know, there's the argument on system quarterback. I, I don't know. I, we don't know. We just, we do not know. We don't, we haven't seen enough, but you know, by them not taking quarterback anywhere, you know, it tells me that they, they see something in Kellen Mond 
And it's also like if you look, if you go out at uh, a Pete Carroll in Seattle, you know, why didn't you take a quarterback? Why didn't you take a quarterback? Um, Pete Carroll's answer was it was along the same lines. If Drew Locke had been in this draft, he would have been the first guy taken. So yeah. uh, it was just not a it was not a good quarterback class. I mean, Malik uh, from the guy from Liberty uh, is a guy that I thought everybody would over you know that somebody in a top ten is going to panic and take him. I think I had him going eighth, and he goes seventy eight. So wow. you're, you're seeing you know. Uh, by by nature, what the Rams did, you know, the the Rams traded and, and won a Super Bowl. Then the Browns traded, and then the Broncos trade, and then you know uh, Carson Wentz is going. You know, he's with a different team every year now. Uh, that's that's kind of the new. Uh, there's other avenues to get your quarterback, and not just the draft. And so we're we saw a drastic shift away from that panic that you see uh, with the draft and quarterbacks. You know it. it I just remember hearing this back in the Christian Ponder days that when you draft a quarterback, um, it, there's an clearly an adjustment to the playing in the NFL. I mean, the norm is that you've got to develop them for a bit before uh, they can they can really jump up and start. Even Roger sat and watched. You know, of course, if the case could be made, he might have been able to start sooner. But you know, th 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 there's some time for that. So I, and we really haven't. Kellerman didn't get a chance to 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 develop in any way on the field uh, on the playing field to, uh, for the Vikings last year. So he does deserve a shot, I think, to for us to at least see what he's got. And uh, and maybe Kevin O'Connell is the kind of guy who is the quarterback whisperer that can that can bring the best out of him. And 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 maybe he they have seen something or they will see something to um, make this be. A, a draft pick one year delayed that they can develop and, and see, see if they got something for it. I think they, they have to do that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, you know, Zimmer was, I mean, every, everything about Zimmer and O'Connell is completely 180. Like from age to the fact one played quarterback to the one's defense, one's offense, one's old school, one's new school. Uh, everything about it, one guy was fighting for his coaching career life. Another guy has got a honeymoon period. Um, so yeah, Kellamon is in, is in a lot better hands right now than he was last year. Um, it, it was a, it's a pick that Zimmer didn't want, obviously. Um, this is, you know, I, I'm sure that part of, uh, all, you know, all the hours that O'Connell has spent over in that building, you know, learning a team and everything, a big chunk of that had to be doing some sort of, you know, get to know and, and research on, on what Kellamon and obviously he, probably did a little bit of work on him coming out of the draft last year when he was with the Rams and knows a little bit about that history, but it just tells me that, okay, they're, they're looking at him as a rookie quarterback. So yeah, you know, we'll see. We'll see. So you, uh, you want to put all the Zimmer discussion on the shelf. So you're, you're, you're trying to get, you know, it's trying to put Zimmer out to pasture. All right. Well that now that means I'm going to bring him up every week until the season starts. Just oh, I'm just saying, I'm saying, yeah, if you're, if you're saying, well, Zimmer didn't like him, that's because that now they're going to take a quarterback because Zimmer didn't like this guy. Uh, I, I don't know if you got the memo, but Mike Zimmer has been basically he's been scrubbed from the, the history of the Vikings for at least for the near term, and they might stick him back up, uh, you know, later on. But right now he's, uh, you know, he's 
the oldest news is the guy who just left. You know, like like nothing older than yesterday or today's or yesterday's newspaper. You know, it's one of those deals where, uh, you know, th this is the. Uh, I, in fact, I, I joke. Uh, I was joking with uh, O'Connell. Um, he was showing us like uh, some highlights of 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 scene. Mm -hmm. And why they liked him and everything. And twice during his review of scene and booth, he made reference to um, that should have been defensive pass interference. They, you know, if I'm the, if I'm coaching, I'm, I'm up in the referee's ear saying, Hey, that's defensive pass interference. And at the end I said, Oh, I said, I need a little time to wrap my head around the fact that the Vikings head coach is complaining that there's not enough defensive pass interference <laughs> in the NFL or in, in college football in the NFL. Uh, so it's, it's a, it's a whole different world over there right now, uh, from the top down. Well, they all got some, uh, ghosts to eradicate from their, from their, from TCO. I mean, I, there's a tweet for, I saw, I was just looking at Quasi's this morning is his, his Twitter feed. And it says, uh, for all the people comparing me to Rick Spielman, remember he traded a fourth round pick for this guy. And it's, uh, it's uh 89 who's looks like he's a ball carrier as a receiver. I can't, if you can see that. Who the heck is that? Is that uh, is that the, the 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 tight end that they got from the Jets? Yeah, it's uh, Chris Herndon. That's it. Yeah. I, I, I honestly, I, I Quasey is tweeting that. Yeah. Are you sure, are you sure, you're not, sure you're not being fooled by some phony, some phony account or? Well, you know, I, it's on, it's under his account. It was the top, it's the top one there now. So I looked at it and said, "Wow, Quasey's uh, clapping back a little bit at his people." That, 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 that wow. was well, that might, yeah, I guess a modern. Maybe he's the Don. He's the Donald Trump of uh, of oh GMs. My. Oh my, that's trouble. Yeah, Donald Trump doesn't like uh, people uh, to criticize him. So I hope Quasey's not that way. So but anyway, um, we'll put that on the shelf for now, and we'll take another quick break, and we'll be back with the uh, with the schedule reveal. I, I I think we got Mike Waldman in the background. Hopefully, he's got some NFL. You know, from those old NFL film days, dun, 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 you know, to introduce the NFL Viking schedule for 2022. And, and so in, the, in those type of films now, do, do they, instead of like, a, uh, you know, because the, the, I used to love watching the Vikings one with, when, I, when I didn't know that I would, I would end up spending over half my life here. They, the purple people eaters were meant for that John Facenda with the, the breath coming out. So now, what? What do they show? Like the the rubber on the plastic grass coming up real slow motion. Now is that the is that the new the new tough guy NFL? Is wow, a, that's harsh. I know. I'll tell you one thing. I never missed NFL today. Every or this week in the NFL every Saturday with Facenda and and that music and the 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 passes floating through the the uh, slow motion through the air and then landing in a receiver's hands. Oh my God. It was the greatest. It was the greatest. And then, uh, you know, Howard Cosell on Monday night. I wonder if, wonder if O'Connell knows who Howard Cosell is. We have to ask him that. Um, Good question. Uh, you know, yeah, his, yeah, the highlights on Monday night football was the first time he saw the highlights. So we'll be back with more from Mark and myself on Vikings territory breakdown. Welcome back, folks, to uh, Vikings Territory Breakdown Podcast with Mark Craig from the Star Tribune. Mark, we don't have the uh, John Vicenda voice. I don't. And we don't have the NFL uh, 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 inspirational music from NFL this week in the NFL, which we I grew up with. I don't know if you did, Mr. Oh, yeah. Okay. Sure. 
See, you're not so damn young. Uh, anyway, so, well, you know, the Vikings or the NFL started leaking, you know, some of the networks re- leaked a couple games this week of the new schedule. And we already knew the opponents. We have that list and we'll talk about that. But uh, the Vikings have two big games already that we know about. Uh, week two, they uh, will play on Monday Night Football in Philadelphia. I hope it doesn't snow and that they have to move it to Tuesday night like they did once when when the Vikings' the roof collapsed. But, uh, um, yeah, they go, they go to play the Eagles there at a big game. And then, then week four, two weeks later, they're off to London to play the New Orleans Saints. And uh, I guess my first question for you, Mark, are you going to London? Uh, I'm not sure. I think so. I would assume so. Um, I'd rather go to New Orleans. Just like the last time they went, it was it was the Browns' home game. I, I got I got I got screwed out of a trip to Cleveland to go to London. I was the only guy. I was like, I want to go to Cleveland. I don't want to go to London. Uh, now, to me, that's uh, that's that's an advantage for the Vikings. You know, because you get over there, the crowd is it's neutral. It's every, you know, you go over there, and it's kind of like. Um, obviously it's beyond, uh, new to these people because there's been like a million of them. Now the NFL wants so badly to put a team there, but the problem is I don't think it, there's not a player there. It's not a free agent that would want to go and live there and have to do all the travel and everything. That has never happened, is it? No, no. Well, until they can make airplanes go, you know, get over there in a half hour or whatever. Uh, I don't know. Uh, but I remember when, uh, when they were there the first time in 2013 that I went and, uh, you know, People were asking, you know, the same questions about, uh, you know, would you like to see a team come here? Would you, would you play for it? And that Jared Allen said, "Heck, no, I wouldn't want to. Are you kidding me? I want to live in, I want to live in the United States, and you know, I don't want to be doing all this travel and everything." Uh, but I think uh, by being the Saints' home game, um, you know, that takes that that uh, that dome down there. If the Saint, I don't know what the Saints are going to be like. It's so weird, not only not having Drew Brees, but not having Sean Payton. It's a whole new era for the saints, I don't, but, uh, take not having to play in that dome. That, that's, you know, obviously one of the, the loudest, I, you know, whenever I've been down there for games, I think it's the loudest stadium I've ever heard, uh, crowds. And, uh, you know, there, there's a lot that are close. I, you know, Metrodome was, uh, was incredible. The U S bank stadium is very, very loud and a great advantage, but I just, you know, that, that Superdome was, you know, as loud as it gets, I think. Mark, uh, so Along those lines, what what do you think? If, if, is it possible that some some team next offseason that's just hurting for a new coach are going to fire their coach halfway through the season because they're so bad and they need to sell tickets, and they bring in co-head coaches Sean Payton and Mike Zimmer to 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 reunite the former guys who used to who played weren't they together coaches when they for the Dallas Cowboys when they won one of those Super Bowls I think they were on the same staff that's where they became buddies. Wouldn't wouldn't that wouldn't that be interesting for the NFL? Well, I, I think there. As I talked to Zimmer last year about, uh, you remember that Christmas Day game where uh, Peyton kind of rubbed it in Zim's face. Right. I think I think the friendship took a little hit there because I remember asking Zim. I, I said, uh, Zim, uh, you know, said, what, what were your thoughts about Peyton, your buddy, you know, kind of rubbing your nose in that? And he goes, he said, I was a little surprised, and he said, if I ever get the chance to, to return the favor, I will. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. I mean. Yeah, it's kind of funny that they did have the, you know, they, the two playoff games uh, uh, that went Zimmer Zimmer's favor. So yeah, there's a, but it'd be interesting. Yeah, it's a, you know, I, I, I think Zim's obviously. I think he's done. Is I don't think anyone's going to bring him as a coordinator. I don't. 
Really? Uh, but but maybe, you know, he could, there's still there. You see a lot of the consultants, you know, uh, maybe with the right situation. Uh, I could see Zimmer going back to Dallas. Yeah, there's some age on this, on the Viking staff with uh, Ed, Ed DiBartolo. That's not his name, but Ed Donatel. Um uh, you know, and, they, and uh, even even the other guy that's the consultant that came over from he former uh, Hugh or came over from Cleveland, Mike P- yeah, Patton, 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 but he's he's young. He's like fifty six. He's a young man. Okay, well, anyway. uh, but the, but the other the other you know, another game that's been released uh, as we trickle out the releasing of the schedule, a Philadelphia primetime night game. And a word of wise to all Minnesotans who made what Philly's like, you know, don't don't get in your uh, your Kirk Cousins, uh, your favorite Kirk Cousins jersey, and go walking into Philly and think that you're not gonna uh, meet a little resistance on the way in and the way out. Suddenly, suddenly the uh, uh, if you did that, suddenly the the uh, storming of the Capitol on January 6th will look mild compared to what might happen. Yeah, I mean, Philadelphia is uh, – part of it is because they got the reputation. They don't want to lose the reputation. Plus, yeah. if you've ever been in Philly, there's a cert- – uh, if you're if, – I can't imagine Midwesterners ever going to Philly, living there, and being happy with it because it's it's a different world. Um, so I, I, they, want to, they want to be known as the – they're known as the most obnoxious fans in the world, and uh, – and, and physical and fighting oh, and all this stuff. I mean, uh, they, around the time though, when they went to the Super Bowl was when when the Vikings were out there. Obviously, there's a lot of problems, people throwing cans at the buses and stuff like that. Um, but I think a guy punched a horse. Was that around? around that was, yeah. So, whatever you know, you've been you've had a little too much to drink when you punch a horse. <laughs> yeah. Unless, unless you unless you're in uh, unless you're uh, what's his name uh, Mago in uh, yeah. yeah. Karras from Alex Karras. That's the only guy I know about that punched a horse. Um, well, you know, looking at some of the other games on the schedule, we know they have the the six games against their NFC opponents, and uh, we, you know, one in each one in each place. So we got the Bears, Lions, and Packers. How do you think they'll do uh, in those two games against the Bears this year? Well, you know, when I when I look at the division, I, you know, it's the same as I sort of I've seen it over the years. You know, Zimmer was able to, you know, the thing about Zimmer, uh, he was able to sneak in some wins against the Packers that the rest of the division, right, you know, wasn't able to do. But I always went in, even looking with Zimmer, that the Packers were, for obvious reasons, you know, number twelve uh, and what they're able to put around him, and then and that head coach now is a guy that's, you know. He hasn't been to the Super Bowl, but he's done just about everything but get there. Um, I just look at, the, at them being so far behind the Packers. I give the Packers two wins. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but, uh, you know, and then I see them. I don't see them being far enough ahead of – typically I say don't be, see them being far enough ahead of the, the Bears to be saying they're going to win down in Chicago because they it's such a hard win for them. Yeah. So I, I, I do a split with the Bears, and, and now – I do a split with the Lions because I, you know, obviously they lost the Lions last year. Uh, that had that had typical Vikings meltdown written all over it. I was saying that beforehand, but even though the Lions were what zero and ten or whatever, that just had a feel of the Vikings were going to blow that game, and they did. So I, I go with split with the Lions. So you know, it's it's uh, it's kind of Debbie Downer here, but it, two and four in the division is kind of what I I see at a very early point. 
you know, we, it is May 10th or whatever. So yeah. uh, we can change our minds, but I don't see, I, I, I kind of, that's how I see where they're at. I, uh, I'm going to differ with you on those six games. I think they're going to split with the Packers, depending on the, the time of year. If they have the, uh, a December game in Lambeau, they're going to lose that one. But uh, if they catch them early enough uh, with the game here, maybe, uh, or one of the games, I, I think the Vikings can beat them before before uh, they can get their new receiver up to speed. You know, if he because there's going to be an adjustment for Christian Watson is his name and uh, catch him early and he, he might not have it all figured out yet. So I'll think they'll split. I think that uh, uh, I, I do think they'll, the Lions and Vikings will split. The Lions really improved themselves and, and they, they fought they, their coach. They believe in their coach. They fought like hell last year, you know, when they were struggling mightily. And I think the, they'll be a better team and he's going to get them prepared, but I think they're going to beat they're going to beat the bears twice, even if, even if, even in Chicago, and uh, the Bears are are uh, in a definite rebuild. If if they don't, it's a disappointment. Now we could could schedule one of those games right out right now. The Vikings always seem to end up with Bears at the last game of the year here in in Minneapolis. But that's beside the point. Hopefully, it means something. But um, I, I think so. Wait, 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 whoa, whoa, whoa! So you got them winning in Chicago. You got them sweeping the Packers. No, 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 no. And you they split with the Packers. Split with the Packers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. So you got them splitting with the Packers. You got them sweeping the Bears and, and uh, splitting you with got the them loot. And you got them splitting with the Lions. Yes. Mm. Is that is that a problem? That's, that's – uh, that would uh, – the Bears wouldn't be the one that, that I would pick the, to be the one that they sweep. But. Yeah, I just think, you know, oh. they, they lost a lot of their players that were uh, uh, a nemesis for the Vikings. I mean, they lost, you know – Yeah. They, they don't. I don't think Akeem Hicks is anywhere. Is he? Is he signed with anybody? I don't think so. Yeah, I think he's he's old and injured. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's a uh, you know I I don't know. Have it uh, to me that I I, 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 I very well if it could be that that they split with the Packers because you know there's there's talent there and obviously being at U.S. Bank Stadium unless you're doing it in a pandemic and. Uh, and Aaron Rodgers is walking to the line of scrimmage laughing because he can get you to jump off sides on three third downs because there's no fans. Um, U.S. Bank Stadium can be a tremendous advantage yes. uh, against against Aaron Rodgers, but I, I go in assuming that they they aren't good enough to beat them twice. No, I, and or I beat them, let's well. beat them once. Or not, 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 that I just have the Packers being good enough to sweep the Vikings. You know, like I said, get them early before they start doing. I mean, the Packers lost their first game last year when they were trying to feel things out. I mean, that was a neutral sure. field, but it wasn't a jack. They got killed. Yeah, they got crushed. Yeah, so that could happen again this year. Make that make that the first game of the year. That would be nice for me. Well, then the Vikings' the rest of their home uh, schedule has uh, uh, from the NFC East. They got the Dallas Cowboys and the New York Giants uh, are coming to town. So is that is that any fun for you, Mark? Well, uh, Cooper Rush, uh, let's hope that Dak Prescott is able to play because you don't want any part of Cooper Rush. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Remember that? But whenever I picked them to beat the Cowboys, I said, well, hey, my, it was based on Dak Prescott playing the game, not Cooper Rush. Uh, you know, I, I don't – the Cowboys have a lot of talent. You know, uh, it's hard. I, I, would, I guess I – Right. Um, well – they they had managed to beat them uh, with Cooper Rush, uh, 
But to me, I, if I had to pick, you know, right now, the May 10th or whatever, I would say you know, they beat the Giants, they lose to the Cowboys. Yeah. I, you know, the Giants are, are going to be a little bit improved, and hopefully for them, is their running back will maybe be healthy and last a few games. What the heck's his name? He came in was had such a great rookie year. Uh, Saquon Barkley, but, That's, yeah, he's uh, he's had so many injuries now, I, I don't know they'll ever amount to much. Yeah. I You know, I think they, they'll definitely uh, – you know, they'll certainly get one of those, get one of those wins. Um, could get both of them. They're both at home. I, I just, I'm not a believer in the, in the Cowboys until I see it. They find a way to just underwhelm the, the preseason prognostications that all of the loving of America's team gives them. I mean, everybody, every network talks about, oh, this is the year for the, the Cowboys. This is the year for the Cowboys. And I just like, and it hasn't been, which is nice, which I liked it, you know, because I'm still burned from uh, three Super Bowls that we handed to him by trading Herschel Walker for Herschel Walker. But that's beside the point. A couple more home games on the schedule are the Arizona Cardinals and the New York Jets. The Jets made a big jump with their draft, you know, but it is a draft. So they're all, you know, rookies. So they got a ways to go. And the Cardinals, you know, uh, I think they made the playoffs last year. And I think they're one and done, and and they still got a decent quarterback. Their their receiver is their big receiver. Can't even think of his name. They got him from Houston. He's gonna uh, DeAndre Hopkins or Hopkins, what, whatever his first name is. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's gonna be out for six games because of uh, abusing PEDs. So that's gonna hurt them a little bit. But uh, what do you like there? Well, you know, with them with it being at home. Uh, so you, you said the Cardinals and uh, Jets. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I, I, if you know, being at home, uh, you know, the Cardinals, obviously, Kyler Murray, uh, you know, it was, a, it was a great game that, that the Vikings played on the road. And I, you know, even though Kyler Murray had his numbers were ridiculous, I think they still played him well enough to win, you know, and uh, that was there. Uh, totally different defense, obviously. A lot of this has been, you know, them having a pass rush and being able to cover, you know, and that helps. Um, if, if you got uh, Daniil Hunter and Zadarius Smith, you know, creating havoc on the edge and you, and you have, a, you, you made some good moves on in the secondary. And if Patrick Peterson can, has got another year left in him, uh, you know, I could see them. I, I got, I would May 10th, I would put down that they win both those. Games. Wow. I actually have them uh, losing to the Cardinals, winning the Jets. So differ again there. Last two home games on the schedule, the Patriots and the Colts. Um, Colts are, I think, are going to be in a little bit better. The Patriots, I know you're a, a Bill Belichick bobo, so I, I, I know you'll pencil in a, a loss for the Vikings, but I think they're going to beat them for once. They've they've struggled with that team, and not, Tom Brady's not around, so maybe maybe it's time we fi- the Vikings finally get one here from them. Mark, they can't win on uh, at uh, U.S. Bank Stadium anyway. That's where they lost the Super Bowl. So Joe, Joe, Joe. Bill Belichick is like 67 or eight years old. He's going up against a guy that was his third-string quarterback 10 years ago. Bill Belichick against – I mean, I'm not saying that Kevin O'Connell is, is going to be a good or bad. I don't know. But what mm-hmm. I'm saying is that Belichick doesn't is not going to lose to a rookie coach. Um, it, I can't know. Uh, so uh, if, you're, if you're picking – I would pick the Patriots all day long. I'll pick the Patriots even up until the day before the game because I, I just 
there is no way that I think that Kevin O'Connell, you know, get ready to play this back in, uh, in September or October. Um, that no, it's going to no, beat Bill early. Belichick. You said it's early. You said it's early. We aren't, we aren't held to this. Yeah. So, so yeah, to me, they did. The, there, there is going to, I mean, this is the thing about Kevin O'Connell is that uh, people are assuming that he's going to hit the you know ground running. He's going to, he's going to have all the answers. He's got, He's got a game management management guy somewhere up in the clouds, you know, feeding him information. He's never going to make a mistake with the fourth down call or the clock management. Or that's unrealistic to think that this guy is going to be perfect. You know, uh, his first time out, first time through this, and it's just not going to happen. And so he needs. Uh, I mean, uh, it won't happen because nobody gives patience to anybody in the NFL, especially. Uh, but. You know that that would be a good one to kind of highlight the learning curve of a guy who's uh, go back and see what how old Kevin O'Connell was in 1991 when Bill Belichick was first became a head coach. So I, I, my guess is he was about five. He was in kindergarten when Belichick started as a head coach. Never mind the fact Belichick goes back. Belichick has been in the NFL every year since 1975, doing something whether it's uh, Gopher uh, in Detroit in 75, making $25 a week to obviously Hall of Famer. Oh, my God. So all suddenly age is a, is a virtue here. It wasn't Experience. for the first half of this podcast, but now it is. Uh, yeah, that's right. Well, uh, I don't see the Lombardi trophies behind you. I, you know, wow. You do see a FUBAR trophy in my, my high school. Well, I can, I can do a second span the room here and you – yeah, I got a, more than one, Joe. I got some baseball trophies back there. Can you see those? Come on, Mark. Anyway, uh, all right. Well, then, then how about uh, we're on the road, and we already said the Bears, Packers, and Lions. So, how about the Eagles and the uh, the Saints? What about those two games? Those two uh, road games, which is nice. If the Vikings do have nine home games this year because uh, they get the extra one from the new unbalanced schedule and they don't lose a uh, home game to London. So that's that's a, a home game for the Saints, but when it's really – Yeah, early. I mean, yeah, they, they get nine home games, a neutral game, and seven uh, seven road games. So, nice. uh, you know, it's – you know, obviously the, uh, the road games, uh, I don't know if you mentioned yet, but Washington, Buffalo, Miami. Oh, we'll do those. But, I mean, what are your thoughts? Yeah. How, how will oh. they do against the Eagles and the Saints? Well, you know, Philly, uh, prime time on the road, I, I would ha- I would pick a loss there, even though that's that's one of those where, you know, if you have if you have a pass rush that's living up to what we're we think it might be, you know, Jalen Hurts, uh, and you can control Jalen Hurts running, they could easily win that game. But I, if I'm picking a, a winner or loser, I'm going home team, prime time at night, you know, national TV. I'll, I'll give the the. Uh, Eagles the win there. Eagles have, have beaten them in a couple other couple other games that I can remember. Uh, Saints, I'll, you know, I don't know anything. We don't know anything about the Saints. Uh, I would uh, I would take the Vikings, you know, in a neutral site. Uh, I think the Vikings might uh, something about the Vikings in London. It's I think they're pretty popular there. I don't. I mean, I don't know if the Saints are or not, but I, it's, it's a neutral get neutral site at best. Uh, for the Saints, so I'll, I'll I'll have them split those two. Okay, so you on the re- the final games are Washington Commanders, the Buffalo Bills, and the Miami Dolphins. Three road games. What 
who you got there? You know, it's hard for me to pick them to win on the road, but uh, uh, I'm not. I wouldn't pick them to beat Buffalo in Buffalo. It's I think the Buffalo is a better team. Uh, they're just more advanced. Uh, they got the better, better pretty much all around. Uh, although the Vikings are obviously got they got a lot of talent. Uh, I don't like you know I don't like them going to Miami. It's a uh, Miami's putting together you know some, have some talent with obviously with Tyreek Hill. So I, I would have I'd pick them to lose Buffalo, Miami right now, uh, but I'd pick them to beat Washington. Well, I agreed with all five of those last five games uh, with, with you, but I had to switch the Philadelphia Eagles one to a win so that I could get the Vikings to 10 and seven and get that double figure win column. So that's oh. where I got them at 10 and seven. How about you? Uh, well, if you add, if you just add up what I said, it's, uh, <laughs> it's right where I always end up. Uh, Although the, when the NFL went to 17 games, they took my uh, a tradition, unlike no other Joe, is me picking eight and eight in, uh, <laughs> as a team's record. Uh, but I got uh, eight and nine as a record. So even with so all those home we, games, we've been there, done that, eight and nine. So it's a uh, uh, seven and eight, eight and nine, eight and nine. But uh, this eight and nine won't get anybody fired. Uh, so. It won't make know. anybody happy if just a Matt Zimmer's record from last year. Well, uh, yeah, I, hey, the NFL changes hands every every year. Um, you know, the teams that don't make the playoffs typically make the playoffs. I mean, the, the record is going back thirty years now, or whatever. It's uh, of like four teams making the playoffs that didn't make it the year before. Now, you know, obviously, the Vikings not making it two years in a row got everyone's head chopped off. So you know that won't get anybody fired for, but uh, it's a, uh, a pebble in the wrong pail, as you say, uh, that they better start, uh, you know, uh, if they do two of those in a row, I'm not sure that they fire everyone either, but you know, you don't want to go two years in a row. This is a, it's a weird year in that it's, they call it competitive rebuild. It's such a contrast of terms that, you know, they do. They, if you look at half the roster, or a lot of the roster, the Harrison Smiths, the, even uh, even Dalvin Cook. Uh, you know, there's guys that are up there enough in age that uh, Thielen, that they uh, Peterson, that they need to win now. Um, but I just don't know that they have enough of the team, and the coaching staff's going to need some time that they're going to be, you know a playoff team this year, but they'll be, they'll be knocking on that door because you got the extra play, extra game, the extra playoff spot. So, uh, you know, I certainly, if they would sneak in and, and get in that sixth, seventh playoff spot, you know, it's, I would consider that a, a success. Uh, Absolutely. Just right out of the gate. I, I, I look at the talent. I look at the improved defense. I look at the breath of fresh air that the, the new regime is all as positives that are going to lift them above last year's record. I look as a negative as they've got to adjust to a new offensive system, a new defensive system, and that's going to take some time and it might cost some early games. So um, I, I think they're going to move in a new direction here. And yeah, like you said, there's some age there. So, um, you know, and, and, go ahead. And, and, and injuries. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, you know, that's true. if it, <laughs> If, they, if this team didn't have the injuries at some of the at the spot the key spots that that they had the last two yeah. years, Zimmer would still be here. Exactly, and that that's I mean, that's going to be key that they I mean, the guys they got coming back remain healthy. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, you know Zimmer in his last two years had Daniel Hunter for six games. 
Right. Uh, Zimmer in his last two years uh, had his top three corners in 2020 were rookies. Um, you know, if you get him uh, and Smith going and healthy all year, oh my goodness, that area that 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 could really change things. If if everything coalesces there and and the safety they brought in is a a great player right out of the gate and 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 Booth at the corner, suddenly it's it's a pretty dang good defense back there, and that that's yeah. what Kirk's been waiting for. And I and I think uh, you know whether it was right or wrong, I think the fact that they did trade down twenty to me adds a lot of fun things to watch during the season, like going to Philadelphia. Okay. Let's say that the that Smith and uh, and Hunter are coming off the edge really hard, but that defensive line's not that great. You know, uh, I still think that, I don't know that they, that they got three starters on that defensive line and you're, you're kind of at the end of your putting your roster together. Um, you know, on the flip side, they're playing at Philadelphia who, Traded up right after the Vikings at number thirteen and got Jordan Davis, the guy that I that I said they should trade or take. Joe, you know, we know yeah, that all um, that mock draft came. So what I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm saying like if, if that guy is if that guy's a game wrecker and he's, you know, everybody's like, oh, look at you know, defensive rookie of the year possibility, Jordan yeah. Davis, da da da. da. Uh, it's something that's just kind of fun to watch because it's like, hey, there's another guy, there's a guy they could have had, da da da. And that was a position I thought of need was. Maybe you know, they the like defensive what they line. got on the defensive line, though, because they went they went safety with that pick, you know. Oh, I know. I, that's what I'm saying. It's a, that's the fun part of like. There's so many different ways of looking at. Uh, it connects in so many different ways. From the, you know, how does the receiver in Detroit going to do? How's the receiver in Green Bay going to do? How's this uh, defensive lineman that uh, they could have had? How is he going to do? Uh, it just kind of makes it a fun thing to watch as the season unfolds. Yeah, it will be fun, and that's what we're going to do as time goes forward. In fact, we'll be back next week talking about what else is new with the Vikings uh, coming along. So um, it will, and we'll be adjusting these totals, I'm sure, all season long because it, it is early, but uh, and things happen in the NFL. But it will be fun to watch and see. So in the meantime, you got uh, Mickelson and Woods both signed up for the in the field at the PGA next week, and. Um, you got the wild tonight. Go wild. We want we want that to happen. And, I like the orange. I like the orange. That's right. Uh, they're they're hunting the blues tonight. It's my hunting hat. Um, and uh, we'll be back next week to talk about it all. So thanks for tuning in. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Mike Walden behind the scenes. And uh, until uh, next time, let's go wild and skull. <laughs>